HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This program is brought to you by Fine Diners Over 40, a members-only dinner club for singles and couples who enjoy dining at highly rated restaurants and sharing the experience with others. Learn more at finedinersover40.com. That's finedinersover40.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Hello, welcome to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. We're coming to you live from Roberta's Restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn. It is Wednesday, March 14th, 2018. This is the 170th episode of the series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talents in the hospitality industry. Today, my guests are two top mixologists who founded an awesome female cocktail competition, and I will introduce them fully in a moment. First, as I do on every show, I will start out with my PR tip. And then later, we will have my speed round game, industry news discussion, solo dining experience, and the final question. As the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I'm going to tip the show off with my PR tip of the week. So today's tip is to have fun with work. Sure, we should take our careers seriously and strive to put forth our best effort, but that doesn't mean we can't enjoy our jobs. We spend so much time working, it should be pleasant, and better yet, fun. So think created creatively about your work and ways you can not only be productive, but also have a good time while achieving your goals. That's my tip today. Now, I'm really excited to have two people calling in today. They are Lynette Marrero and Ivy Mix, the co-founders of Speed Rack, a national cocktail competition featuring top female bartenders. Both Lynette and Ivy are nationally acclaimed New York City-based bartenders and industry ambassadors. 
Lynette is responsible for the Cocktail and Spirits program at Brooklyn's Llama Inn and was honored in 2009 by the James Beard Foundation as one of America's leading female mixologists, among other accolades. And Ivy is a co-owner of Pan Latin Cocktail Bar Lienda in Brooklyn. And in 2015, she was named Best American Bartender at Tales of the Cocktail, among other accolades. So welcome, ladies. Hello. Hi. How are you? Good afternoon. how are you? I'm good. How are you? Both. <laughs> this is gonna. I know you're you're not in the same location, and none of us are, obviously. So, um, but we're gonna we're gonna um, have a awesome conversation about your your backgrounds. I want to get into, and also how you came up with Speedrack. So, um, maybe Lynette, you want to start out a little about how you got into bartending and this this career. Sure. Um... I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about this. It's kind of crazy to be, you know, calling into a show like this because when I started um, in the mixology world, quote-unquote, or craft cocktail bartending in 2004, this kind of idea that cocktails would get to this point, we probably did not imagine it would get there. Um, I started as actually um, – I started a wine bar um, on Clinton Street, actually, in 2001, and it was after 9-11. It was, you know, I did not want to be the cliche waiter actor ever in my life. However, at that point, I decided I was never walking into an office building as a temp ever again. So I got a great uh, job just down on the Lower East Side, and actually Michael Chernow of Seymour's is actually one of the bartenders there, oh, and yeah. I kind of got bit by the hospitality bug there, um, learning about wine and, and really enjoying just kind of meeting the people and the cast of characters that were in this industry. Um, and then I started over on um, at a cocktail bar over with your classic martini lounge. So as we like to, you know, use that term now, martinis are very strictly defined as, you know, uh, gin or vodka, traditionally gin here in New York with some vermouth and olives. And, um, but back then it could have been anything that was from Grand Craft of Cracker Lime cocktails to chocolate martinis, all these different things. Um, so I started working at this place called Sabar, and right across town, um, this new bar opened in 2003, and I would go after Thursday nights with my friend Amber, who was training me a little bit, just kind of on bartending, but I was a cocktail server. And we'd go across to what was the Flatiron, or what is the Flatiron Lounge. And we'd go in, and there were these tall, you know, Amazonian women behind the bar that ended up being mm-hmm. Julie Reiner, her wife, Susan Fedroff, and one of their partners, Michelle Connolly. And it was the first time I saw, you know, beautiful, brightly colored drinks that were colored because they were using tropical ingredients, and all the flavors were really imbalanced, and things weren't sickeningly sweet, and, you know, got my first taste of other spirits besides vodka, like gin and cognac and and rum and Julie kind of transported um, me to this place. So I just was determined to get a job there. Um, so in 2004, in July, I succeeded in securing a position there as a cocktail server, uh, worked my way through um, and worked with people like Toby Maloney, who was opening Pegu Club at the time, Phil Ward, um, Katie Stipe, and they all kind of advocated for me to get behind the bar. And so Julie gave me a chance, put a shake on my hand, and I just kept going from there. Um, worked at Freeman's uh, back in the heyday, uh, right before they expanded to the giant place that they are now with their own little secret speakeasy upstairs, um, but really got into restaurant bartending 
there in the fast pace of high volume and doing cocktails and then uh, branched out to start consulting. And that's where, you know, I kind of got to the point where I am now. And uh, so, yeah, it's been uh, back to my love of restaurant bars with Mama Inn, but um, I kind of was in the right place at the right time at the beginning of a great movement. Um, so I count my lucky stars. Right. Well, that's that's an awesome, awesome resume, I would have to say. Um, but um, and I know, Ivy, you obviously have a connection with Julie Reiner as well. So you want to yes, tell us do. a little about yeah, about that together right now. <laughs> yeah. And Julie came on my show. So I looked it back is episode 112. I did an episode with her, which was awesome. So oh, right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, I can give my whole background on how we ended up starting Speed Rack. We, um, I started bartending kind of when I was young in college. I lived part-time in Guatemala because um, I went to university there, and I was basically had an opportunity to go study somewhere else. So I went to Guatemala and then lived there and then um, started bartending in a bar because I fell in love with bar culture. Fast forward, I moved to New York City. Um, after four years of kind of bartending in Guatemala, and I ended up going and working um, as a cocktail waitress at the now-closed Maya Well. Um, and that's how I just kind of got into the whole cocktail scene. I had kind of got to take what I loved so much about my travels and Latin American culture, and when I saw people making really creative stuff with tequila and mezcal, these things I already loved from my travels in Latin America, I was like, oh, my God, this is great. <laughs> like, I want to do this stuff, too. Um, and then I started working at Fort Defiance in, in Red Hook with Sinjin, and he kind of gave me my backbone of classic cocktail knowledge. Um, and I started to go to Clover Club all the time because it was on my way home as I biked home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I knew Julie when I worked at Maya Well because Phil actually got his start working for her at Flatiron as well. And then I just kind of got in the family and worked with Julie over at Lonnie Kai, and that's and then I went to Clover Club, and now we own my bar, Leyenda, together, which is really awesome. And in that time, I met Lynette, actually, at Maya Well, like, as we were cocktail waitressing one night. And we kind of bonded as feministic, boozy ladies. And about a year or two, maybe two or three years after we met, I guess two years, maybe two years, um, we started Speed Rack. It was kind of a, an idea that just started off as kind of a harebrained idea and then grew into what it is now. Yeah, so so how did you come up with the idea of Speed Rack? Like, what prompted it? Sure. So it was kind of, it was kind of funny. Um, do you remember the Manhattan Cocktail Classic? Sure. Yeah. Uh, my favorite, the first the first year they did it was, was my favorite year of it because it was really more industry and it was at the public library and it was just so, yeah, it was fabulous. Yeah, I miss it. It was great, especially so... That's kind of how Speedrack started. It was the first year that um, it was after the previews. It was the first year that they did it. Um, everything was held at the Astor Center, which was awesome for so many reasons. It was all localized around that one area and just kind of like cocktails, ground zero. You know, Death and Co's there, Maya Wells there, PDT's there. <laughs> everything was there. Um, and um, I was. Well, Lynette, who still is the president of LUPEC, which is Ladies United for the Preservation of Endangered Cocktails. She um, and a whole bunch of other Lupec presidents from across the country were like, let's get a whole bunch of ladies together and kind of be the churning out people for all the cocktails and tastings and all these seminars that are going on. 
Um, and as a Lupec member, I went. Um, and I was just bar start, I was just starting to bartend at um, Fort Defiance down in um, in Red Hook, and I went outside to come go get a coffee, a La Coloma across the street or something. And then someone came up to me and they were like, "Ivy, hey, will you be in this thing and videotape this thing?" And I was like, "Uh, sure." And they were like. You know, I was kind of honored, but no one knew me from Adam, right? I was mm-hmm. this, this young bartender that no one knew. And then they were like, oh, thanks for doing this. It's just that we don't know any women. And I was like, what? There's a whole kitchen full of women in the Astor Center right now knocking out all these drinks for all these people. Um, and it kind of got me thinking that, you know, why we got to get women seen. Like, I kept on going to all these great cocktail bars, and I, I couldn't see any women behind them. Um, and when I asked people why not, they were literally like, we don't know any. And I was like, well, I'm one. You could hire me. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, maybe. So Lynette and I sat together at the Super Bowl, actually, of all things. Um, and she walked in with her awesome husband, Ty, and she sits down next to me. And I was like, Lynette, you know, I have this idea. I kind of want to make this cocktail competition just for ladies. Um, and I want to call it Speed Rack. And I want to raise money for breast cancer. And wouldn't that be fun? And she was just like, that's a great idea. we got to meet this week. And I didn't know what I was doing. And Lynette had tons of experience kind of throwing events. And, you know, she'd been doing this a little bit longer than me. So we got together that week. And then six months later, we had our first one. And now here we are seven years later. Um, we just did our event in Boston on Sunday, and I think we raised over $20,000 in three hours, which is great, four hours, which is awesome. Um, and it's we amazing. just keep on growing and growing, <laughs> and we've had lots of women compete in all these competitions. You have more women in brand positions now. It's not just Charlotte Boise. I love Charlotte Boise. She's really been a uh, cheerleader for all, for Speed Rack and for women being behind the bar and in brand jobs. Um, but now there's other ones, not just her, and there's not just Julie. <laughs> more people we're all just we're all here which is good no it's it's tremendous and um yeah the competition it's 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 so fun and awesome and i want to i want to get into a little more about um how it works for people who don't know so but we're gonna take a little break and come back so stay with us this is only industry on heritage radio network Come for the food, stay for the friends. Fine Diners Over 40 is a members-only dinner club for singles and couples who enjoy dining at highly rated restaurants and sharing the experience with others. Fine Diners Over 40 appreciate food as art, as cultural adventure, as scientific experiment, and best of all, food as an opportunity to take pleasure in the company of others. Join them for culinary and social adventures in New York and Seattle. Food may be the main attraction at Fine Diners Over 40 events, but it is the friendly and interesting members who carry the day. Join them for an evening of fine dining, fun, and stimulating conversation. While enjoying innovative tasting menus by first-rate chefs, you'll talk movies, theater, pets, sports, travel, and more. Epicurus said it best, we should look for someone to eat and drink with before looking for something to eat and drink. Learn more at finedinersover40.com. That's fine diners over four zero dot com. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guests today are Lynette Marrero and Ivy Mix. They are the co-founders of Speed Rack, which is a national cocktail competition featuring top female bartenders. 
So ladies, tell me or tell my listeners a little more how this speed rack works. Like who can, how, who becomes the competitors? Like, is there, what's, is there an application process and, and how does it, how does it go down? Sure. So we're, we're heading actually, uh, as Ivy said, we're in Boston on, on Sunday and we head down to Washington, D.C. Um, this weekend for our Mid-Atlantic uh, Regional. Um, and so what we do um, now we have um, in the U.S., we execute eight regional events and then one national finals event. And what we do is we group um, the states and, and areas of the U.S. Um, and have women apply from certain designated um, states into that competition that's hosted in one of the cities. So we, we receive, I mean, Ivy and I go through this lengthy online application um, that asks women a bit about, you know, what their favorite bar is, their guilty pleasure, um, what the state of women in their uh, community is, you know, who their mentor is, what gives them drive. How, so just to kind of get a bit to know about these women, um, what they're, why they're competing, what their drive is. Um, so we look at those blind advocate, um, we blindly judge those applications, and then we accept. Um, we've had so many women apply that we've actually, uh, this year, we've accepted between 20 to 25 per market um, just because, and that's about a quarter of the applications that we receive per market. Um, and, and it's just reading those and seeing how incredible the passion is, their desire to be part of a community. Um, many do it because of the cause. Um, if they're not doing it for the cause, they're doing it to be a part of the sisterhood and to be supportive to others who are affected by breast cancer. Uh, once we review those applications, those uh, women that have been selected uh, go to the competing city. So we'll have on Monday night, um, we will have women from Pennsylvania, Maryland, Virginia, D.C., Atlanta, um, all come up to our event, and um, they will Ivy send them a list of, of six drinks that they, it could potentially be. So Cedrex is based on four drink rounds. So we give them a list of six, and then when they show up on Sunday or Monday this week, they will find out in the moment which four classic cocktails out of those six that they have to execute. And in that preliminary round, we're just looking for them to um, to quickly make their drinks with minimal mess, minimal waste, um, but we're not going for garnishes. We're not going for, you know, their, their best bartending like we do on stage, we're looking for them to make these drinks properly, maybe kind of like what you'd expect from like a, a patio bar um, where people are working quickly, but you're like, all right, this drink is passable. I can tell it's a margarita. Cool. Um, and then once those winners are selected, we take the top uh, fastest times after penalties. Um, we add things that if they break a glass, they get points. The wash line flows, so we add uh, seconds onto their score. So once those are adjusted, we take the top eight fastest times, and then those ladies compete on stage in front of our judges. Um, we pick a panel of judges from cocktail luminary chefs, um, you know, local celebrities. We, we get a really great group of, of judges, and that's four judges because each judge will order one drink per round, and the ladies will compete head-to-head. So we have a pink bar and a black bar, so if you kind of imagine it set up, you know, there's these two dueling bars side by side, one with a pink banner on the black, and there's a lady and her kind of her cockpit team of barbacks behind her um, on each side, and they have to, the judges call out four classic cocktails that are pulled from a book of over 50 classic cocktails, um, and then they have to make those in the moment, and this is where they're evaluated much more harshly, where 
you know, really we're looking at wash lines. We're looking, are you going to pay, you know, 10 to 15, 16, $17 for this cocktail that you're receiving in front of you? Um, so really being a bit more of a, of a harsher critic. And we ask our judges to, you know, look at their style, um, you know, make sure they're, you know, that they're performing in a way that you're, you wouldn't sit at a bar and say, oh, my goodness, what a hot mess. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then the judges add penalty seconds based on execution. So, for example, if I and I went together and we made a, you know, daiquiri and margarita, a gin martini and a Manhattan, and I went really quickly, um, got all my drinks up, um, but Ivy maybe, and I finished like a minute 20, but Ivy took a little more time and she finishes like a minute 35. Um, once the drinks go to the judges, they could add to my drinks, maybe say, hey, Lena, I love a really cold, crisp martini. Had you just stirred it for five seconds more, you would have gotten those seconds, but you would have gotten a zero penalty for me. And this is warm, 10 points, 10, 10 seconds added to your score. Um, and then we add those up, and then the woman with the fastest uh, time uh, with the penalties moves forward to the next round. And we start with eight, and we go to quarterfinals, semifinals, and then the final. Um, and then those women... So we have eight, national, uh, eight regional winners who are going to our national finals in Chicago. And then from each city, we also have eight wildcard winners, which we're currently in, in wildcard voting for uh, the New England competition. So one lady is going to get a chance at redemption of the other seven to appear alongside um, her Miss Speedrack from her region and go to the big event in Chicago, which we're doing on Tuesday, May 8th, right around some amazing events, uh, the James Beard Award, right. which the finalists just came yeah. out today, and a radically awesome new um, cocktail festival called Drink Chicago Style, which um, is run by three women in Chicago um, in the cocktail industry, um, Shelby Allison, Caitlin Lehman, and Sharon Bronstein, who are all supporters and have been part of Speed Rack in one way or another, um, and who very much align with the idea of the sisterhood and uh, finding ways to empower people who maybe haven't been overlooked in the industry for a while and, and start raising all tides. Amazing. Uh, you covered so much, and, and I'm looking forward to that that um, new new program that they're doing in Chicago. I'll be there for the Beard Awards. And I was actually, I've been to uh, Speed Route, the speed rack event, but I was watching this weekend. I was on Instagram and I started, um, I saw your Instagram live. So I was plugging in a little bit and I, the, I couldn't believe not only how fast the ladies were, but they were the, the competition I watched, they were like, I think they were like a millisecond apart on their time. <laughs> I mean, they were like so in sync and it was so intense, but also the, the, it's such a fun, lively environment. Um, it's just, it's, it's such a cool competition. I, I'm, I'm very impressed. So, um, what's, uh, what's, with uh, with the with the winner in Chicago, when is there a, a final prize they get, or is it kind of like Top Chef that you're the you're, you've won the title of Top Chef, and then I don't know, you know? <laughs> yeah, we have, a, we have a few different prizes actually. Um, we, I mean, yeah, it is kind of like you win, you win is the bragging rights, and then you get to say that you are Miss Speed Rack, you know, 2018. Um, but one, we're one of the part points about speed rack is that we're it's not just, hey, I made this really cool drink, you know, I with this really awesome shrub, but it's not specialty ingredients so much and like creativity in that way. Speed rack is a classic cocktail competition, so we're really about knowledge and thinking that if you're a good bartender, you can make all your specialty cocktail drinks on your menu. But if you know Dave Wondrich comes in and orders a 
Singapore sl- slang, you should know how to make that too. Um, so one of the prizes actually is um, a full scholarship to Bar Five Day, which is excellent because um, we more knowledge is more power. Um, and also for all the women who win their local markets, we go on different trips across to other educational trips. So one of the trips is we go to um, Mexico to go to the Omeka Altos Distillery, and we also go to Jameson to visit the Jameson Distillery, all trying mm. to give just awesome, awesome experiences and just more knowledge about what we're actually serving. Oh, that's really cool. So le- before we take another break, let me ask you the question I had for my last guest. I had on David Rabin. It was episode 169. He is a partner at the Lambs Club, Cafe Clover, the Skylark, Jimmy at the James, and also some projects in Vegas. So he wants to know, what's the next spirit that's going to captivate bartenders and they're going to be creative with? Anything on the horizon that you think is the next trend? Um, I will say uh, sustainability is a huge one that's still, um, we're just scratching the surface on. Um, You know, the uh, Kelsey Ramage and Ian Griffiths um, with uh, Trash Tiki have really um, again, in, in kind of a fun, in a similar way, like they've made a sustainability and recycling and all of these things fun and not obtainable and possible. And I think that's really something that, you know, bartenders are trying to push in their programs and really want to push restaurants um, and their, you know, their managers to really support them in that endeavor of, of being more sustainable um, within the bars. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Um, I also think that, I mean, across all industries, and I think I think I think there's a clear trend of going away from, well, next year it's going to be cognac, and the year after that it's going to be, you know, <laughs> right. clear whatever. I think people are becoming more morally and ethically conscientious about about what they're doing. So whether it be being greener, whether it be including more women, <laughs> I think this is something that is kind of taking over all industries, including our own. Um, I was really in, inspired by Francis McDormand's speech at the Oscars this year when she talked about the inclusion rider, and I would like to see more opening bars have one of those. Like, I will not work at this bar if there are not people of color, people who are queer, people who, you know, aren't white and a dude. I think that would be very important. Yeah, no, that's great. Great answers. Okay, we're going to take another quick break, and then we're going to come back and play my speed round game and talk some industry news. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. back. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guests today are Lynette Marrero and Ivy Mix, the co-founders of Speed Rack. And I think this game is going to be perfect for you ladies because this is a speed round game. So if anyone's going to be good at it, it's going to be you two. <laughs> uh, what this is, is I name a couple of things and you pick your you pick your preference, such as chocolate or vanilla. Oh, all right. <laughs> okay. So here we go. Eat in or eat out? 
I don't know how we want to, if, who wants to go first, but. <laughs> I'll, or, or, I'll eat out. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, I'm saying, okay. Um, yeah, um, eat, eat out. Yes, eat out. Okay. Wine, beer, cocktail, or mocktail? Wine, beer, cocktail. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Definitely wine. <laughs> Tasting menu or a la carte? Ooh. <laughs> Same I'll action. be tasting menu. I like to be adventurous. Mm, a la carte, because I, I want my choice. <laughs> I have food envy. I can't look at somebody else's food. If I get to pick my own, I'm a much better. How about small plates or large plates? Small plates. Small plates. Communal table or chef's counter? Chef's counter. Chef's counter. We're bar people. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Tipping or all-inclusive charge? Oh, my God. Ooh. Tipping. Yeah. As, as a bartender, I say tipping. <laughs> a few more. Shaken or stirred? doing a tiki night here at Leyenda, so I'm going to go shaken just based on that, but usually I'm a Negroni girl. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to go stirred because there's nothing better than a gin martini, perfect, all in a twist. <laughs> Excellent. How about competing in a bartending competition or running the show? Oh, running the show. Running the show. <laughs> I'm so glad we don't have to compete in speed drag. It's awesome. <laughs> Cheese plate or dessert? Cheese plate. <laughs> Manhattan or Brooklyn? Brooklyn. Oh. I, I'm torn. I was born in Brooklyn. I live in Manhattan, and that's where my husband likes to be. But um, I'm going to go with Brooklyn for, for what's going on. Yay. Yay. Okay, you guys. Yes. Excellent. Well, well played. <laughs> <laughs> so I had two articles picked out in the industry news. One is very serious. One is a little more fun. Um the first one is in the New York Times. It's called the Tipping Equation, mm. and it's talking. The, the 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 secondary line was: at restaurants across America, servers calculate how far is too far, weighing harassing behavior, weighing harassing behavior against the tips that they need to make a living wage. And it was. It, I mean, it was. It's. It's a very. It's. It, everyone should read this article. I mean, it brought out a lot of points. But talking, you know, there's been a lot of talk lately about harassment in the industry from employees, employers. Um, this is talking about the customers um, and what servers need to do or feel they need to do to to earn their tips. And that, like, where's the line of of how much you you take. Um, any thoughts on this? As Yeah, I mean, I read that article in the New York Times, and I think, I mean, it's extremely powerful, um, and I think there is a real problem in tipping culture in the fact that people are afraid that if they, that if they don't play along, they won't get that tip. Um, I think that's horrible, you know, and mm-hmm. I think that paying $2 an hour, like the most of the country does for a tipped wage is wrong. Um, you know, in New York, we have what's called the um, a tip tip credit. Um, so we have a lower minimum wage than normal minimum minimum wage. Um, but you know, this this because we're assuming that people get tips. But everyone across the board gets this amount. I forget what state it is. It may have been in that article. I think I read something about it elsewhere. But 
there is a state where you have to make, like, they'll pay you, um, you know, like, say $5 an hour, but if you make, you have to make $15 an hour, right? So you record your tips, and if that person doesn't make $15 an hour, you have to make up the difference. The reason being that, like, some people who work in bars and stuff, like, are definitely making more than $15 an hour, and they should be making more than their... um, they should be making well, they should be making a living wage, but I'm not sure if this tipping thing that we have is going to go anywhere. And I think there should be an adjustable minimum wage that, like, you know, there's a minimum that you have to pay your employees. And but if your employees are making sixty dollars an hour on tips, and then you're pay- paying them, you know, a fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage, I mean, that's great. But for small businesses, that's very difficult. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. A lot of yeah, great points, and it's it's definitely worth a read. Uh, the just because we're a little short on time, I'll move ahead to the the other article, which is lighter. It was also in the New York Times, and it was titled "Pineapple: A Spiky Outsider <laughs> Is Now a Regular at the Bar." And this is by Robert Simonson, who we all know and definitely knows what's happening in the cocktail scene. So, so is that is is this is this true? Is pineapple the the new? the new ingredient? <laughs> I'll go ahead and start with this one. I think it's funny because I feel like, you know, and I'm sure Ivy can agree, like we've been using pineapple for a lot longer than this, you know. Um, I like that he starts with the Algonquin because I even remember being at uh, Freeman's back in the day and we did a lot of rye whiskey drinks and that was one of the most perfectly imbalanced cocktails ever in the world because just the pineapple by itself is the only acidity. Um, but I think with with Tiki coming out, you know, and Beach Bunbury when he really wrote Sipping Safari and when we started seeing Tiki bars pop up in, like, 2008 and really starting to get some, some airtime, I think Pineapple naturally was coming back. Um, I think it's interesting that now we see this article about pineapple in cocktail bars because I think we have all been using it, you know, at this point as well. You know, Audrey used it in Tantra Sidecar, and it's been around. Um, you know, at Llama Inn, we took it a step further and inspired by what Chef does with the Anticuchos with the barbecue was that we wanted to use roasted pineapple juice as our house juice. So it's a little more warmer and earthier and has a, a bit more of a food note that makes our cocktails pair better with the, the cuisine that we're having. Um, so I, I just think it's funny because I'm like, everyone's going to run out and go get a juice extractor, but we've already been doing it. We've been doing fresh ginger, <laughs> fresh pineapple for a while, but it is fun to see what you know other people are doing, and, and there's a lot of newer bars mentioned in the article that are fun to read about. As We go down to D.C., and we're like, oh, we can go to that bar, two for one, two birds and one stone, and check out their pineapple juice. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, very, very true. And yeah, I just happened to eat the other night at Simon and the Whale, which was named in this article at the mm-hmm. Freehand Hotel. And Damon Bolte's place, Grand Army, was was mentioned. So um, and Landa, which you know, and again, Landa, yes. The point is, you know, Ivy is working with Latin spirits. Pineapples tend to be in abundance in these places, so it's a natural exactly uh, pairing. We love <laughs> right. pineapple in tropical places, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the tiki. Yeah. Well, we'll see if the power of New York Times, if you're now getting more customers coming in and looking for pineapple drinks. Well, tonight's the night. We're doing our tiki night here, as I said. So that's definitely, if people want pineapple, we've got all of the pineapple. I can cool. hear my bar back juicing pineapple as we speak. Fabulous. <laughs> that's right, Robert. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to take one more break. I just want to give a, it was mentioned a little 
it was mentioned earlier in the show, I just wanted to give another shout out. The James Beard Foundation did announce today its 2018 nominees. Um, they, they had a live coverage going from Philadelphia. And so for the full list, go to jamesbeard.org backslash awards. And uh, congratulations to everyone. There's so many, so many amazing names on that list. It's uh, I'm very happy for everyone. I look forward to going to the awards in May. So um, stay with us. We're going to come back and do my solo dining experience in the final question. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. Back to All in the Industry and Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. It's time for my solo dining experience. So this week it's at the Bombay Bread Bar. Here's the rundown. The location, 195 Spring Street, New York City. The concept, a love letter to the glorious food and culture of the chef's native India, serving riffs on Bombay's street foods and traditional dishes reimagined. The chef, Floyd Cardoz. So why did I go? Because I'm a Chef Cardo's fan, and he just relaunched what was Powawala into this more casual spot. My experience. So I had been doing some work down in the neighborhood. It was down in Soho. And uh, I stopped in around 6.30, and I got a seat at the bar. The place had very good energy, and I saw the chef as he was walking around the dining room. So what did I get? So since it's a bread bar, I had to get bread. So I went with the rosemary naan. I also had mango chutney and black pepper shrimp. My take, the naan was fresh out of the oven, really wonderful. It it went perfectly with the mango, which also went really well with the giant shrimp that I had. Um, So it was was a nice meal. Um, I definitely left craving more. I think it's one of those places where you can share a lot of dishes with people. The ambiance. So it's a colorful setting. It includes a large mural uh, depicting Bollywood types set against a bright red wall and custom wallpaper of Indian faces. Perfect for a dinner with friends, as, as I said, there are many shareable plates. Interesting tidbit, Chef Cardoz made his name at Danny Meyer's Tabla Restaurant, which is now closed but had a similar vibe in its downstairs bread bar, and his fans still talk about it. Another interesting tidbit, Pete Wells' wrote today in the New York Times an article for, it was, in t- it was titled, For Casual Indian Restaurants, It's Party Time. And it's talking about all these casual Indian restaurants in New York City, and uh, Bombay Bread Bar is in there, and it's worth a read. So the cost was $23. That's not including tax and gratuity. Would I go back? Yes. And the website's thebombaybreadbar.com. Okay, so it's time for the final question. So next week, my guest is Alan Shaya. He is an award-winning chef and owner of Pomegranate Hospitality based in New Orleans. He also has a new cookbook memoir out called Shaya, An Odyssey of Food, My Journal Back to Israel. Lynette and Ivy, what would you like to ask Alan? Ew. So many things to ask Alon. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, how heavy you want the question for him? <laughs> this is this is this is all up to you. Whatever well, you'd like. An inclusion writer now. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I can ask I guess, him that. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll code the the question then. 
Um, how do you uh, go through such a public breakup and turn around and reinvent and revive yourself? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's great. I'm I you know it will be interesting to talk with him and, and hear what he has to say about that. Um, I would he, like to know. Can we ask two questions. Is that two, is that sure? There? There's two of you. Two questions. <laughs> okay, All well, good. I I went to Israel. Um, I guess to, actually I know exactly when it was because I landed. Trump was elected as I was in air. Oh, it was horrible. I landed. I thought it was like having. A, I landed in New York City and I was like. Hillary's going to be my president. And then it was Trump. And I was like, what? And I started freaking out on the airplane. But um, I went there that long ago in 2016. And um, I was really blown away by the cuisine there. I kind of was, I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. I was like, mm, hummus, <laughs> you know, tahini, <laughs> wonderful. And I'd like to know um, his favorite bar and restaurant in Israel, too. Favorite bar, favorite restaurant. Great. I will find out. Um, he's probably got a few that that he could recommend, but yeah, we'll see his favorite. Great. So that's the show. Thank you both for joining me today. Thank you. Congratulations on all of your success with your restaurants, with Speed Rack. It's, it's very impressive and I wish you much continued success. Thank you so much. And we will see you soon, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. I have to come into both of your places. I'm fans. the national finals if you're going to be in town for the James Beard. Oh, yeah. We'll see you in Chicago. Cool. I I look forward to that, too. Excellent. So my guests today have been Lynette Marrero and Ivy Mix. They are two top bartenders who are the co-founders of Speed Rack, a national cocktail competition featuring top female bartenders. Their websites are speed-rack.com, liendabk.com, and Lama in nyc.com you can follow them on social media at speed underscore rack at drinks at six and at ivy mix you can follow me at sherry bayer at bayer pr at all industry my facebook page is all in the industry my websites are bayerpublicrelations.com and sherrybayer.com all of our shows are archived at heritageradionetwork.org we are also on itunes stitcher and spotify thanks again to lynette and ivy Thanks to the team at Lion and Lamb Communications, and always big thanks to my show's engineer, Vitor. I'm Sherry Bayer. I'll be back next week with another live show. Hope you'll tune in then, and thanks for being part of All in the Industry. Bye. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. But the sun is